Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 452 for the 26th of Shvat in a regular year. Today, we're going to be beginning chapter 28 of Likutei Amarim. And the topic for today is all about ignoring the heckler. So we'll see what that means. And so if this, the idea of a heckler is something that probably stand-up comedians are the most overtly familiar with, but we'll see that this is something that we can all actually relate to in our own way. So for a stand-up comedian, they will often have the experience that they'll get up there, they're giving their show, and there's going to be one or two people in the audience who start heckling them, start making fun of them, start saying, boo, you're not funny, get off the stage, blah, 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 whatever it is, or answering back thing to them. And so what should the comedian do in that point, that moment in time? So do you think that it would be a good idea for the comedian to engage the heckler? So most likely no, right? So what comedians have learned time and time again is the best thing to do is actually just to ignore that heckler. And I think that this is something that we can all relate to on some level or or another in our lives, that even if we have never done stand-up comedy, throughout our lives, unfortunately, most of us have at some point or another come into contact with people who have either outright made fun of us or said slurs to us, whether it was like anti-Semitic slurs or even just said things to us that were really just really, really distracting. I know that personally, the way that I can really relate to this, and this is probably something that probably a lot of people could uh, identify with, is over COVID, where a lot of people were stuck in their homes and stuck to the internet, there became this like phenomenon, which existed before too, but it seemed to get really, really more enhanced over COVID, where people would be posting on Facebook and posting all kinds of political things and venting all of their emotions of whatever kind on other people's Facebook accounts. So I had this, you know, maybe this is my opportunity to vent about this, but I would post something on Facebook, which I really thought was pretty innocuous, nothing really super controversial, some, you know, something stating something I was thinking about, about the current situation or whatever. And I would get like a slew of comments, many of them, some of them were appropriate and fine and nice, but a very big bunch of them were just really antagonistic towards me and often actually had nothing to do with the post that I had posted. And it really sort of confused me and it frazzled me and it was, what is, what is this about? And I noticed this several times. And in the beginning, when this would happen, in my naivete, I try to engage these people in discussions and write back to them. What do you mean by that? Can you clarify? How does this have to do with what I posted? Things like that. And I quickly learned that I was not engaging with 
people who were logical or at least the comments that they were posting were not coming from a logical place and it was not very purposeful for me to respond and really the best way to deal with these hecklers so to speak was really just to ignore them I can think of other examples of my life where this is true and I'm sure that you have areas where this applies to as well that often in life or I shouldn't say often, but there are times in life when people approach us and just and talk to us in rational, nice ways. Hopefully this is the majority of our lives. But every so often, there will be somebody that we encounter, whether it's a weird stalker or a weird person online or somebody who has ill feelings towards us for whatever reason, who just distracts us from whatever we're doing and, kind, and tries to engage us in some kind of conversation that is really, really very counterproductive. And really the best advice for dealing with these kind of people is to simply ignore them and not let them distract you from what you're doing. Now, what we're going to be learning about in Tanya today is we're going to take this a little bit deeper, where we're going to talk about how not only does this apply when we're talking about actual physical hecklers from the outside, but we actually all have a heckler on the inside as well. We have, as we've talked about before, we have not only one, but we have two souls. We have an animal soul and we have a godly soul. And so again, like we have this uh, misconception in our culture of this idea that anytime we have any kind of impulse, any kind of feeling, any kind of thought, we should act on it. We shouldn't repress it. We should indulge it. Really go through with it to the fullest degree, explore that feeling or that thought. The Tanya does not go with this approach at all. And what the Tanya, as we'll learn today, actually says is that, in fact, you don't only have one voice inside of you. You have yourself, your true voice. And then you have this other voice that really you can think of as a heckler. And our job is actually to figure out how to deal with this heckler and not let this heckler obstruct us from our ultimate purpose in life. So let's get into the text and see how the ultra rubber breaks it down. And maybe we can understand this a little bit deeper. So here we go. So I, so the topic, just to again, bring it into context, if you haven't been following, please go back as always to follow and catch up to where we're at. But we've been talking a lot about the idea of, of thinking about things and counter inappropriate thoughts, counterproductive thoughts, distracting thoughts, thoughts that will deter you and distract you from your service of God. Because our ultimate purpose, obviously, is why we're put on this earth is to serve our creator and live our lives to our fullest ability. So we talked about how it does happen because we're human and this is how God created us is every we are all susceptible to having thoughts that distract us from this purpose and lead us down a path of having a, a of having all kinds of desires for things that are inappropriate or um, outright forbidden and things like that. So the ultra rabbi here says that even if it falls upon a person that they have all kinds of different thoughts for all kinds of different desires and all kinds of different foreign thoughts while they are while they are involved in holy service of Torah or prayer in, in with intentions. So it's like, let's say it, it could happen that a person like we've talked about a person's at work and they start thinking about things that are inappropriate. What happens if a person is engaged in actual spiritual service and this happens? So a person is learning Torah or they're in the middle of praying and in the middle of this, they start having these inappropriate thoughts. What should they do? So the altar rabbi says, do not focus on them, but rather just push them out of your mind in the moment right away. 
And the Altarba says, do not be a fool to think that you can try to elevate these character traits of the thoughts. So it's like a person might think to themselves like, oh, wow, I'm having this like inappropriate thought right now, or I'm having some kind of thought right now. I wonder where that's coming from. I wonder how I can rectify myself and fix myself in this way. And what is going on with this thought? The altar is, is saying, don't go there. Do not think, do not be a fool that you could go and rectify yourself and work on yourself in that moment. In that moment, push the thought out of your mind immediately. Because this whole idea of rectifying your uh, your character traits in such a manner uh, is really only applicable to tzaddikim. Because tzaddikim do not have foreign thoughts of their own, but rather they have foreign thoughts of other people. So we've already talked about this, that what makes a tzaddik different than a benoni is one of the main traits is they don't struggle with these inappropriate thoughts anymore. They don't have these impulses Um these destructive kind of impulses. So for tzaddikim, if they do have kind of thoughts that are foreign and that have nothing to do with serving God, it means that it's coming from somewhere else. And tzaddikim have this ability and this power to take the thought and to elevate it and transform it into something good. We don't have that ability. When we get some kind of inappropriate thought, we should push it aside immediately. And so the altruist says, because if a person gets this thought, which is coming from themselves, it's not coming from the outside like it would be for a tzaddik. So it's coming from, where is it coming from? It's coming from the negativity that is still in their heart, in the left ventricle of the heart. And how can they elevate this thought if they themselves are attached down below? So it's like when you're steeped in the darkness, you cannot elevate yourself out of the darkness. So it's just like, you know, if you think about somebody who is in, somebody who's wallowing in their own darkness, they can't let the, get themselves out of it. They need somebody from the outside to get themselves out of it. But the Altarabas says that even though this is the case that a person cannot actually elevate themselves out of it and and rectify this thought and tra transform it in this way and transform the character trait, you shouldn't get sad from this. You shouldn't fall in, let your heart fall down and turn into sadness at this time when you're serving God. Because when you're serving God, you're actually supposed to be in a very joyous state. But rather... If anything, you should actually become stronger and you should increase in your power and your intensity with all of your energy in terms of your, like you should increase in your intention in prayer with great joy and with great gladness even more because he should recognize if this happens that this thought, this negative thought that's coming, this foreign thought is coming from the klipa, from the husks, as we've talked about previously, that are found in the left ventricle of the heart that is waging war in the Benoni with the godly soul that's within them. And then the Altarabbas says that it's known that the way of warriors and wrestlers, when they wrestle together, when you have two people that are wrestling, when one of them rises up, like when one of them is winning, then the other one starts to fight stronger. Because it's like, oh no, this guy's like really, really trying hard. I've got to work a little bit harder. So, so too, when the godly soul is really trying and really elevating itself and really get, becoming stronger while it's praying and davening, so thus the klipa also starts to do that, also starts to fight in order to really mess a person up and confuse them to bring them down into these foreign thoughts. So it's sort of like that you may, a person may find that they, not only is it that the, it is possible to get inappropriate thoughts during times of prayer and holy service, it actually may be more likely in a certain sense, because while a person is 
involved in prayer and study and they're really working and working towards serving God, this is a time when the godly soul is really prominent and really fighting hard. And the animal soul recognizes this and is like, wait a second. Oh my gosh, the godly soul is going to win me out now and, and get rid of me. I got to, I got to up my game. So then the, that it actually makes sense that the animal soul is going to struggle a little bit more. So that's the end of the section for today. And we'll continue with this topic tomorrow when we conclude this chapter. So stay tuned and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benjamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.